Welcome to the Marie Manucherry podcast. Over the last 30 years, it has been my joy to assist humanity in aligning with their magnificence so they may heal, discover their natural gifts, and communicate with loved ones living on the other side. May you also experience delight while we dance in the powerful, intuitive world of energy. Let's get going. Hello, and welcome again to the podcast. Before I get to the phone lines and start answering your questions, something that brings me great joy. So thank you to everyone who's called in and offered a question. I want you to know that I hope this answer helps you enormously. I truly do. But also know that when you call in and share your information with us and everyone who's listening on the podcast, you are helping people who haven't called in, who are afraid to call in, who, you know, they don't want uh, their story to be known necessarily, but you're helping them. So thank you. Thank you so much. I also wanted to chat about uh, why people leave the planet with two wars in the spotlight right now on earth. And of course, there's always conflict happening throughout the world that isn't reported regularly on the news that we don't even know about. And of course, I know many people have lost individuals, especially over the last six months, um, because we had a beautiful eclipses. Uh, we were in an eclipse cycle and they were intense and they were big. And eclipses open up doorways so that if somebody has been contemplating leaving their body, there's like this oh, vacuum that says, okay, you can come now if you want to, you can come now. So eclipses are considered in astrology wild cards. They can create permanent, amazing change, not just leaving your body. So don't worry. The soul never leaves until it's its time. And the soul makes those decisions all on its own. The soul is extremely powerful and knows what it's doing, never makes a mistake ever. But other things can be eclipsed into your life or out of your life. Uh, during eclipse cycles, you may have a clear vision about something that you didn't even know you wanted to have in your life experience. And then all of a sudden you create it, you manifest it, or perhaps there was something in your life that wasn't good for you anymore and you eclipsed it out. Uh, that's incredible. That's amazing. Uh, something that's not good for you anymore. So eclipses are powerful. But at the same time, they are opportunities for people to leave their body. It happens uh, where the soul has been contemplating it because we have five exit routes when you incarnate into the physical realm, five. One, you hope when you were on the other side that that will be the one, that all of your wishes and desires occur and you're having a great time on earth and you leave at the perfect moment for you, which could be even before you leave the womb some souls do not want to age. Some souls just want to have a healing while they're in the womb, like be loved and adored and cherished without living a life. That could be what they want. Souls are very curious, interesting people. They know what they're doing, or I should say beings. And uh, I hope these podcasts help you to connect to your soul and your higher self and have magnificent experiences here on earth that are more conscious for you, more alive and more awake. Um, so perhaps keep you know some of this information in your heart as you're hearing devastating news around the world and know that souls are intelligent, creative. They know what's going to happen 
most likely on earth because earth isn't very conscious. So it's not that complicated, really. It is, it is from the human perspective, but from the soul's perspective, it's not. And it makes unique choices for, uh, you know, for its experience. Okay. I'm going to go to the phone line. So if you are new to my podcast, welcome. I have just left the radio world that I was a part of for over 14 years. I should just probably say 15. And I decided to move to Strictly Podcast, but I love to answer people's questions. So if you go to my website, there's a podcast page and there's a, a little video that kind of explains uh, how to do this. And, and then below it, you can record your question. And it sounds wonderful. I love, love, love this new system that we have. And then I will eventually get to your podcast. So I'm going to start right now with the first one that's on my list. Hi, Marie. My name is Radha and I live in Memphis. Um, my question is about my daughter. She was diagnosed with lupus when she was uh, maybe 15. Uh, she she was hospitalized back in December. Um, she was blessed to, enough to be able to finish her graduation from college and graduated uh, from San Francisco. And, and she, she graduated with awards and student of the year, which we were surprised because, you know, you know, her last semester she was walking to, to the class and swollen feet, had to wear slippers. Uh, she couldn't hold a pencil. Her hands and feet were just so swollen and very tired. And when I got there and I saw her, it was just hard. Um, Okay. So we have a little bit of a time limit on some of our questions. So Rada, I'm sorry, we didn't get everything that you wanted in your question, but I'm thrilled to ask, answer this question. I was a nurse. I took care of patients in hospital who had lupus. And for those of us or people who are listening to the podcast and you're not sure what lupus is, it's an autoimmune disease. It affects the lymphatic system and organs. It's pretty complicated when people have a bout of their lupus, they typically have to be hospitalized and they're given a lot of autoimmune drugs that actually repress the immune system. That's how modern medicine works with immunity at this time. It is not what we will do in the future. We don't really want to repress the immune system. We want to enhance that. But until modern medicine figures that out, uh, it is what we have right? And lupus can be a, a pretty acute illness. And so, you know, physicians have to get in there quickly and get the process to quiet down so that there isn't damage, permanent damage to organs or even loss of life. It, it can be a pretty significant disease. So Rada, I'm so sorry. Your daughter has this um, process. I'm not surprised she did so well in school. Your daughter's a perfectionist and there is kind of like an element of perfectionism that goes with certain autoimmune diseases, by the way. The immune system is governed by the third chakra. And I don't know if everybody can see, but I have my hands. If you're watching the video on YouTube, you can see me talking into the mic. Um, there, this third chakra, which is right in between the opening of your rib cage, right below uh, the breast tissue, uh, is the third chakra. And the third chakra governs the immune system, the lymphatic system, kidneys, adrenal glands, uh, hormones, everything. And it has an emotional component as all the chakras do. 
And the emotional component for the third chakra is self-love. So people who are highly self-critical, very motivated, perfectionist, and who happen to have a disease process like lupus or other autoimmune disorders, what needs to happen so that they can heal and not have bouts of their autoimmune disorders is to fall in love with themselves, especially when they think they're not doing great in the world, not just physically, but you know, academically or work-related, to create unconditional love with oneself is the best thing we could ever do for our immune system. So Radha, this is something that you don't know how to do either. So it's really hard to teach our children what we don't know what to do. So I want you to really work on yourself this way, to fall madly in love with you. I'm sure I have videos on YouTube about it. I teach it in every class I teach because I know how critical it is. And I work with people who have health issues around the world. So work on this for yourself, Rada, which will help your daughter. And then you two can start to talk about it and how to fall in love with oneself. My favorite technique for helping us to get started and manifesting and creating is to use positive what if questions. What if I'm falling madly and deeply in love with myself? And then we can get your daughter to be really healthy and not have to run in and out of the hospital or walk around with swollen feet and all of those things. So just know her soul really wants to learn self-love. And that's why this disease process has come into her life but it can leave as well. It doesn't have to be permanent at all. I hope that's helpful and keep us posted. You know, we, we like to hear what happens. I'm someone who loves to create change. And so I love to hear what happens. So keep us posted. Okay. I'm going to go on to our next recording of a question. Hello, Marie. My name is Christina. I do have a question on my spiritual growth. Um, I started about 20 years ago. I used to do energy medicine and healing work and laying on crystals. Uh, me and my mom would help other people. I started going to nursing school and then advanced to nurse practitioner. Um, since my mom passed, I feel like I've, you know, my goals and dreams have been in a halt and I feel like I can get out of this hump of, starting my work that I started. And I was wondering if you can give me some insight on me, if it's something that I'm blocking or it's, if it's my chakras or um, just healing that of my mom's loss. So if you can give me any help on that, I really appreciate it. Thanks. And thank you, Christina, for calling in. I'm sorry about your mom's departure. But as I talked at the beginning of this of the show, souls make their decisions when they want to go. And they really aren't about us. I know that seems crazy, but we're all here for our own evolution. And so when a soul is making a decision to, to depart, it's for their own evolutionary process. Uh, what I see, because you guys were on the right track, you were doing wonderful things. Thank you for becoming a nurse and a nurse practitioner. For those people who don't know, nurse practitioners can prescribe. And, and so what a blessing it is for you to do energy work and modern medicine or traditional, which is holistic, if you want to, I mean, to put all of that in your practice, but you're going to have to get your energy elevated to really create change from an energy perspective. The healer has to have, and this is my belief system, his or her energy 
elevated. That means you have to be happy. You have to figure out what makes you happy and do those things or participate in experiencing things that bring you joy every day. Like right now I'm in one of my favorite rooms in the house. I actually have a cup of tea because I love tea. It's a Husky's mug because one of my kids went to the University of Washington (laughs) years ago. Uh, I think all my Wazoo uh, mugs broke because my other two kids went to Washington State. They're rivals, by the way. In front of me, although no one can see it, I have two paintings of my favorite birds on the planet. They're herons. So that when I'm talking into the mic and working in my intuition, I'm able to continue to manifest my vibration at a high level because I'm doing things and surrounded by things that bring me joy. This is critical. All the answers to life, all the solutions, all the fantastic movement of energy and the intuitive responses that we desire vibrate in high frequency. So the practitioner needs to be in high frequency. And if you can raise your vibration, then you can talk to your mom who talks to you every day, has tea or coffee with you every morning, she tells me, but you have your energy so low because you're stuck in your mind-made perception of her loss. You're not in your authentic emotions, which is a whole nother aspect, which I teach about in every single my, one of my classes. And there are videos on my YouTube channel. It's Marie Manucheri, uh, about how to get out of one's head, how to be in their body, how to be connected to their real emotions so that they can have masterful intuitive experiences because we all deserve that. Okay. I hope that helps. On to the next caller. Good morning, Marie. I've just recently discovered you and I find that I am in alignment with all that you are speaking and I would like help discovering my next chapter. I've recently turned 60. I'm ready for my new adventure, my third chapter, and I would love your input or my guide's inputs through you to help me move into my next lane. I hope you're well. Thank you so much. My name is Stephanie and I look forward to hearing your response. Great. Great, Stephanie. That's a really great question. So I love that you're ready for your next thing. You waited a little too long. I must say your body's a little tired because you wanted all your ducks in a row, you know, make sure the retirement package is good or, you know, whatever the deal was, you waited, which is fine to wait. But I think the universe often is inspiring us at the perfect moment. And our logical mind doesn't understand the true definition of perfection. So how humanity experiences perfection is inaccurate. It's inaccurate. It's about flow. It's about movement. So an old growth forest is a perfect representation of perfection where I'm, I'm, I turned to my head because my home backs up to a wetland and there's trees out there and the, you know, coyote and deers and bobcats, Charles, my dog, uh, who is in the room, hopefully he won't bark during our recording here. Uh, he's often running the fence line and barking at whatever creature happens to be close to the house. So an old growth forest knows how to be in flow. And to the human mind, that may not seem like perfection, but ferns will grow at the top of trees so that they can get light and moss grows on the ground, blankets the ground, uh, so it can have the shade to grow, which is actually really great for humans who like to walk in the woods. We have this beautiful carpeted pathway. Uh, It's just stunning. So 
we always want to be in flow because sometimes there's energetic opportunities that can really help propel us to the next thing. And if we're in our brain calculating from a logical perspective when and how to do things, yikes, uh, I think we hold ourselves back. So in saying that, Stephanie, I, I want you to rest a little bit. I want you to go play. I want you to have fun, maybe go on some cool vacations. I want you to have some fun. And then you love the multisensory world. Whatever it is that we love, that is an indicator of what's next for us. And don't try to let your logical mind figure it out. It can't figure it out. It won't. But if you start to play with and follow the things that bring you the most amount of joy, you will discover it. But for you, it's the multisensory world. It brings you great joy. I think you are a clairvoyant. I think you have great vision. Maybe study the tarot uh, if that brings you joy and gets you excited. And remember, not from the logical mind. The logical mind is not going to show you correct joy or excitement or inspiration. It's your internal emotions that are going to show you what brings you great joy. Okay. I hope that's helpful. Can't wait to hear more about it. I'm excited for you. All right. On to the next caller. Hi, Marie. My name's Buffy. I'm in the UK and Southwest of the UK. Um, yeah, I do have a question for you. Um, if you're able to tune into it, my nephew took his own life a couple of months ago. Um, in a very meticulously planned way. And in his note, he did mention that um, he's tired and it's time to move on to see what comes next. The question that came up with my sister and myself yesterday, she's, she's his mother, um, is just trying to work out, because in his note, he said he was in two minds about whether to do it or not. I intuitively picked up from the start that he passed very calmly. It was a very calm decision. Just wondering what you pick up, if you're able to. I don't even know if this is how it works, but we'll give it a go. Thank you, Buffy. Amazing question. I, I have talked to so many family members who have lost mostly children to what we call suicide. The other side you know, the multisensory world, God, the universe, goddesses, they describe that every form of death is a form of suicide. So whether someone gets hit by a car, dies of disease, someone shoots them, you know, they die of hypothermia, why skiing, fall off the side of a mountain, or they, you know, physically affect their body and, and leave this world. Um, it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. So souls are choosing when and how they leave. When people die more consciously, that means they are aware they're making the decision to leave their body. It's actually more celebrated. And, and I don't want to, you know, give anyone in our listening audience that to, to think that I'm promoting that. I'm not promoting how a person leaves the planet, but I'm just expressing that the universe really hopes that we're all more conscious at our death. And probably the people who are the least aware of their impending transition are actually people who have serious health issues and they're doing everything to stay in their body, but they're, they're not going to, let's say they're not going to, and they're fighting it. So they're not actually experiencing something that could be incredibly magical. It's, it's really quite magical when you're leaving your body. 
even if your physical form is reacting differently, like moaning or crying or something of that nature, it's actually quite uh, amazing. In fact, even every account of near-death experiences, authentic ones, meaning that people actually really died, not kind of died, but actually died, um, they were in bliss. Whenever I see world tragic events, I see millions of angels flying to that part of the world and holding people, their energy and their body as they're leaving their physical form so they won't have any pain, so it will be calm and interesting to them, even if the body's reacting. Just like sometimes when we're having an event, I was once in a car, I was driving it, and I was on a very steep hill. I In a not maybe very aware moment, I went to go pick up a girlfriend. We were going to go to a grocery store. We had a lot of snow in Seattle, not something common. And we don't have a lot of snow machines. People don't know what to do. So everybody stays home. But we were both single mothers and we were out of food and we had teenagers. So I went to her house to pick her up, really steep hill. And I was, I got her in the car. She lived at the bottom of the hill and I'm climbing up the hill and my car starts to turn, you know, like I'm doing I should call it wheelies. <laughs> There's cars lined on both sides of the street because people can't get into their driveways or the garages. And so even though I expertly turned the car, I, I allowed myself to be in the moment, my, my mouth did scream a little bit, even though in the moment I was actually kind of having fun and I was moving the steering wheel appropriately, but my body was still going, ah! <laughs> so that can be what it's like when we're leaving our, our bodies. I don't think anyone dies in a mistake. I think the soul is so powerful, strong, and knows exactly what it's doing that there are no mistakes that the soul is making. I think your nephew um, could have learned how to be happy on, here on earth, but he didn't want to. He, he was tired of being here. Some people, when they come to earth, they're hoping to learn to like it here. And it, it can take a few lifetimes to figure out how to be happy here. And he's one of those people that it was hard for him to have joy in his physical body. And that's okay. It's okay. So no mistakes. He was conscious and his leaving that is considered powerful. Like when Native Americans wanted to leave their bodies, when uh, tribes were intact and someone would come to their tribe and say, I don't want to be on earth anymore. I'm going to walk out in winter and die of hypothermia. And even though the tribe would miss them to pieces, they honored their decision and their choice and celebrated their conscious decision to leave earth when it was their time. So those are my words. And I'm sending love to both you and your sister, because of course, regardless how someone leaves the planet, we, we do miss them and we wish they were here. And um, I'm sending you love for that. Okay, on to our next person. When you have been working for months and months on meditations, guided meditations, clearing your fields, EFT clearing past emotional traumas, and you are not able to access any higher sensory perceptions, what would your advice or direction be the next step to take? Thank you. Okay, so that was Cindy. Uh, great question, by the way. First of all, Cindy, stop. All the stuff you're doing is not working. You need to learn to get happy. And sometimes when we're putting a ton of energy, you know, like highly focused, I got to figure this out. Then 
we're lowering our frequency, we're lowering our vibration, and we're not really in the manifesting process of it. Again, you're in your logical mind trying to logically understand something that's not logical. So if you're going to meditate, just a few minutes would be lovely. Maybe listen to white noise or brown noise. Those are my favorites. I'm not a fan of consistent sit-down long-term meditation. I like to meditate with movement, and you could be one of those people. I like to do Qigong. Even for just a few minutes will change my energy. Walking my dog is an incredible form of meditation, and sometimes I'll listen to gratitude recordings while I walk my dog, or I listen to Esther Hicks, who's one of my favorite spiritual teachers on the planet. Um, so I like to listen to her uh, YouTube videos. So Cindy, it's about having fun. You're not going to figure this out if you're too serious about it. Connecting to the multisensory world is not a mental focused endeavor. It's a letting go. Great what if question for you. What if I let go and I connect to the divine and it's amazing? Don't think about what that question means. Just repeat it in your head silently or out loud for like several minutes, maybe when you're washing dishes or folding laundry or doing some other mundane human task that we all have to do because uh, then your mind will be busy and your energy will soar. And that's what you're learning to do is to raise your vibration because the, the multisensory world vibrates on a very high frequency. I hope that helps. Keep me posted. On to the next question. You guys are doing great. I love these questions. I'm having so much fun. Thank you so much. On to the next. Good evening, Marie. My name is Pauline. And my question to you is this. Um, I have been hearing auditory frequency vibrations in my ears. It has been getting stronger over the course of the past two or three years that I've been going through what I have now recently discovered is my Saturn two phase. Um, anyway, I've been asking my spirit guides in my meditations to um, help me to understand what these messages are, what, what the frequency is and how I can tune into it to hear, to hear the messages. Um, anyway, I'm still at that stage where, yes, it's getting stronger. Yes, um, it's not with me all day. It's only in the quiet times, as I said, when I'm meditating or listening to music. And I would really like some guidance on how I can raise my frequency to their level so that I can understand the messages. I'd be grateful if you could help me. And I look forward to hearing from you either on your show or in person. And thanks again for the great work that you do. Love and light. Thank you, Pauline. So great. You're hearing auditory sensations. If you, if you can, stop your mind trying to analyze them. Your mind can't analyze intuition. No one's brain can. We need the brain to be quiet. And the more everyone works on this, the faster we're going to evolve as a species too. And, and then we're just going to have profound multisensory experiences globally. It'll be incredible. I want you to get in the feeling part of it. So drop into the lower half of your body. Really feel your glute muscles when you're sitting or wiggle your toes while you're in meditation too, because we want to draw energy away from the brain and into the lower half of the body. So you can connect to what's called the emotional response system. That's where your translation really comes from. And translating intuition is also um, about knowing yourself well. So the universe knows everything about you. 
And when it is communicating to you, it's communicating to you about how you feel about things. So like if I were to see the color purple in my mind when I was meditating, I could tell you what my brain would say about it because the brains for most people when they're in this process, they're still going to have an awareness of their brain and that's fine. But then you want to make sure you have an awareness of your emotional body, which is where the real intuition lies and the real translation. So my brain actually doesn't really like purple. I think it's too woo-woo. I think it's weird. It, you know, that's just what my brain says because I really wanted to be normal in this, in this lifetime. At least that's what my mind told me when I was younger and my family is everything but normal. My family of origin, um, really weird people, uh, which I fit into, you know, I'm now the weird, the weirdest one. So my intuitiveness though, is a very different energy. So I dropped my awareness into the lower half of my body so I can feel my energy about the color purple and my emotional body loves purple. It was really the first chakra that I saw and it's purple. It's the third eye, right? The third eye is purple. And I, I feel this opening and this expansion when I dive into the color purple, like it's very profound and amazing and powerful and transformative. It's, a, it's an incredible color. So I want you to start playing with that. Most people are going to know what their logical mind thinks about something or feels about something, although the mind can't really feel, but humans don't yet understand that. We're working on that. Drop into the lower half of your body as you're having some sort of auditory sensation. More information will come and it'll be a lot clearer. Okay, good job. On to the next one. Hi, Marie. It's Mike calling. Michael, if you like. Um, I recently started my uh, spiritual journey at the end of February 2020. Uh, I had a heart attack. Uh, apparently I was told I died three times. Uh, I don't remember, I didn't have any near death experiences or anything like that. But, uh, when I was in laying in the hospital, uh, after I just got my pacemaker put in and everything, uh, I started thinking, well, there's gotta be a reason I'm still here. Uh, I died three times. Why am I still here? And so I started my, my spiritual journey, not full full on. I mean, more recently than that, they started full on. But I guess my question is, like, I'm, and I'm, I'm at the point right now where I'm feeling alienated by everybody. Uh, I don't talk to anybody about this. Because I don't, uh, I don't know, I just, I just feel like there's nobody around that I can talk to about this. And uh, I just, I guess my question is, uh, if you could maybe talk to a spirit guide or something to tell me why I'm here. Why didn't I die completely? And, uh, what my, what, how my journey is going to, going to play out. Like what's my purpose in here? There's gotta be a purpose. Anyway, uh, I just, just, just like today found a, a podcast that you had done on next, next level, uh, soul podcast, November 18th. So I'm very new to you, and uh, you really resonated with me. So uh, I'm hoping you can help. Anyways, uh, thank you very much for your for your podcasts. And, uh, and your well, thank you, Michael, and we're so glad you're here. Wow, to be resuscitated three times—that means they call the code 
on you three times before they got that pacemaker in. So you really did have near-death experiences. You just don't remember them. I do think you need to spend time meditating. And it's okay that you aren't resonating with the people in your life. I think you need a major upgrade in your life. I don't think you've put a lot of positive energy into your own happiness, into your own life situation. I think you've been one of those people that just kind of existed, not really fully enjoying this incredible reality that we live in. So you're in transition with your vibration. Like you don't want to vibrate where you used to. Your body now has gotten this, you know, uh, charge of new experiences for you and new health, which is lovely. So you're recovering on so many levels because if the body hasn't been working great and now, you know, you have this instrument in your physical form that's helping your body to work well, uh, you're even detoxing things that you weren't able to before because your body was on the verge of collapse for probably years um, and you didn't know it. So you're, you're having a lot of physical detoxification that's going on. Um, I want you to continue that. I want you to rest. But could you start feeling happiness for things that you desire that are not here yet? That is a critical way to manifest. In fact, there's a really good book. It's called The Energy Cure. I like to listen to the audible version of it. Inside it, um, the person who wrote it, Unfortunately, his name is escaping me right now. I've interviewed him several times, but he's a professor who does research on energy medicine, and he has a really cool um, formula that I love. He calls it cycling, and you can use the cycling to help heal other people, but what I love about it is it's a really cool way to manifest what you want in your life, and I think you would like this form of manifestation. So I would recommend that you... Uh, get the audio version, unless you like to read print, uh, and um, start practicing the cycling formula. Because the cycling formula is also going to help you to train your mind and get kind of get out of an old paradigm that you've been in. This is from multiple lifetimes, which is a little bit of victim consciousness. And that's why you haven't allowed your life to excel in the ways that you deserve. And I think cycling's a cool manifesting tool. It requires some um, memorization and quickly moving images through your brain really, 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 really fast. But it's a really fun co-creative manifesting project. I think you would like it. I also think you need some red light therapy. I'm a fan of platinum therapy and red rush. Granted, when I bought my panels, they were much less expensive, um, but perhaps the parts are in demand now. So I'll, Hopefully that is financially okay for you to get one panel, even a small one, and sit in front of it for 10 minutes if your doctors agree that it's safe with your pacemaker. That would be critical. You would need their approval first. So it has near-infrared and red light lasers um, that can go deep in the body, and they energize the body and feed the body with ATP, which is the modern medicine's version of energy that we need to function and be healthy. But you need to ask your doctors first. And perhaps, you know, you can use the panel on your back or your legs because the energy will go everywhere if, it's, if they're worried that it's going to interfere with a pacemaker, which is a critical and important question. So, um, that's what I think, and I'm glad you're here. Welcome back to Earth, and now let's just have fun, Michael. That's what you're here to do. Have fun. 
So before I go into the next caller, I, I just want to, you know, go over again, all these ideas that I've given you about being joyful. And a lot of people really don't know what makes them happy. This is common. I don't even know when I, when my guides first taught me, uh, the things that I teach others. So I'm kind of like a lab rat. I go into the lab. I do what my guides suggest. And then I teach other people how to do them. And then when I'm talking to anyone, I'm always speaking with their guides. Their guides are always communicating to me effortlessly so I can deliver the perfect information. So to discover joy is kind of a trial and error thing. Uh, when I was married, I always listened to the music that my children's dad loved to listen to. And I was married for like 21 years. And around year 18, I'm like, well, is that my favorite music? I got married young. I was 20. And I wasn't very self-aware. I was someone who was very aware of others. And I cared for others effortlessly. And it, you know, for a long time, I thought it brought me joy. So one day I went to a music festival uh, by myself because my kid's dad did not want to go with me to have me help me explore the music, which was very telling. Like he was thrilled if I was doing what he wanted to do or what he enjoyed, but he wasn't really that interested in me figuring out what made me happy. So that was an important concept. You know, listen to what people tell you, believe what they tell you. Don't make up stories about what they're saying to you. So I went to a Seattle music festival two days and I would just go to different bands who were playing music and I would sit there and listen. And I discovered I love jazz. I already knew I loved R&B, love, love, because I was a disco queen person before I got married. I used to go to underage discos and dance my brains out until like, you know, four in the morning because they, they would be open late because they didn't serve alcohol. And uh, so I knew that. But then I found out I really, really, really love jazz. So I listen to jazz. It makes me happy. It raises my vibration. If I can find a really good R&B station on, you know, uh, Spotify or Alexa or whatever, I listen to that. And so go ahead and explore. Just pick a weekend. Go do some fun things and just ask yourself, does this make me happy? Does this bring me joy? Do I like this? What about this? What about this? And you'll start to make a list. And I want you to have uh, 10 things on your list that you know that will bring you joy and then redo them revisit them, engage in them, because that's how you keep your vibration elevated. And that's where all the magic is. Okay. I'm going to go on to another caller. Dear Mary, I appreciate your contribution to humanity. I have concerns about my health, including issues with my kidneys, liver, and enlarged spleen, platelet count below 100, extreme fatigue, and swollen legs. I'm curious to know if these problems are related to a suicide attempt I made at 25 about 30 years ago by overdosing on sleeping pills, or if they stem from another cause. Additionally, I'm interested in exploring natural healing methods for these issues. Thank you for your insight. And thank you, Shireen, for sharing all that with us. And I'm so sorry you're having health issues. You are a little trapped in victim consciousness, by the way. So victim consciousness is where we just feel consistently victimized. 
And, and of course, you have every reason logically to feel that way with your health issues as you describe them. But it's a pattern. It's been a long-standing pattern, especially with the women in your family. Uh, so this could be even partially cultural. But uh, my family, who is, is like a hodgepodge of uh, different cultures, um, has a strong history of, of this unfortunate you know, um, level of discomfort. So you're going to need to come up with different stories that are happy and beautiful for you so that you get out of the vibration of victim consciousness, even stories that aren't true. You're going to have to make new ones. So for example, uh, I, I know I've brought up that, you know, a moment ago that my ex-spouse didn't want to go with me to discover music that I might like. So one of the things that I've done in my mind is I've made new stories about that relationship. Because if you keep staying in the old stories, that they're authentic, you know, they're logical, they happen. But if you keep staying in those old stories about any part of your life, childhood, relationships, health, finances, careers, it, anytime we feel victimized, we just keep perpetuating that pattern and we keep creating more victimization. So I made a, a new movie in my brain years ago that my children's father was extremely generous to me. Generous. So he does, he has no idea that I've created this, at least not his human form. Probably his higher self is perfectly aware and thrilled that I've done that so that I would get out of the, the victim consciousness of not feeling valued and appreciated and adored and cherished during that time period. And, and, and that's the story that I told myself for a long, long time, the new story, until I stopped feeling victimized by that story. And, and once we stop feeling victimized by logical things that have happened, and this is our logical mind telling us what happened, but that's just a small percentage of what's really going on. Then you can see the real beauty behind things that are happening. And just like that marriage was really there to teach me how to become my powerful self that I was refusing to do long before we met. And our souls hope that we have these contractual experiences if we're refusing to be conscious in our lives and we're stuck in patterns, all different types of patterns, self-loathing, victim consciousness, all, all kinds of patterns that are mind made and driven, by the way. Um, then when we step out of that pattern, maybe through creating a new story, uh, then we um, eradicate the old behavior, the old feelings, we heal them, and then we can see the beauty in everything because there is beauty in literally everything. So here's your what if question to get started. What if I am powerful beyond measure and I'm free to be alive in my power and my body is thrilled regarding that choice? This is your new what if question that I'd love for you to do. And um, I'm sending you beautiful light for your body, as I do for everyone, by the way. It is my greatest joy. Okay. Um, keep me posted, Shereen. I want to know how this goes. Alrighty. On to the next caller. Hi, Marie. My name is Roseanne. I am a retired nurse, and I lost my husband eight and a half years ago suddenly. I have been to a few mediums who tell me he can be around, but I never really feel him anymore. And I think I've gone through quite a period of depression and sadness about that. 
I wonder what you would advise me in terms of what I should be trying to tackle in terms of moving forward, period. I'm kind of stuck in a small place. I don't feel like I can have a dog. I don't know exactly where I want to live. I have so many questions. And yes, I do try to meditate, but I'm not very good at it. Right. Period. Anyway, any advice you can give me is so appreciated. I saw you on Soul Podcast today, which is the 21st, and you were amazing. I can see how wonderful you are and how happy you are. I would really like to be that happy. Yes. Okay, thanks so much. You're very welcome. I'm sorry that your spouse uh, departed. Um, yeah, and to die so suddenly is not very fun whatsoever. He is really happy on the other side, and he's just like, move on, move on, let go of me, move on, move on. He just wants you to go and have fun. Now, I wouldn't make any permanent decisions until we can get your energy elevated, like don't move, you know, don't make other choices because you most likely are going to have different ideas about what would really bring you joy once your energy is elevated. And that's really the answer to everything is to elevate one's energy. And I, th I think what most people don't realize, it literally is a choice. It, it's about managing the mind since you brought up dogs it's critical to recognize that the human mind is really like a dog. It needs a lot of precious, loving kindness and direction. I mean, Charles, who thankfully is sound asleep on the floor next to me right now, uh, I tell him multiple times a day, leave it, leave it. Or like if he starts to sniff some other dog's poop, I'm like, yucky, yucky. And like, But I also do it lovingly. Good boy. Thank you. I love you. I mean, I tell him all day long that I love him. What if we talked to ourselves that way? What if we treated our mind like a dog and we only spoke positively and in loving ways and in kind ways to ourselves? That's going to really help elevate your energy. So, so once you start to get your energy elevated, then go get that dog. You can get a little dog. If you like dogs, you should have one. I mean, my, my intuition told me for about three years to get a dog. But I wasn't listening to it because in my logical mind, I was terrified of dogs. I was one of those people that would scream and jump on a chair, even when a little dog was barking at me because I was bitten when I was young. Uh, a particular dog chased me for a while and then bit me in the rear. And uh, so I always had cats, which now I think are annoying, although I do still love my elderly cats that I have living with me. So it took a long time for me to get out of my brain. And I also had people in my life giving me bad advice about dogs. They told me never to get one and that they're too much work. But I mean, compared to children, dogs are way easier. So let's start having a lot of internal dialogue because your former husband is, and you think of him as your current husband, but he's not. That's why he's saying, move on, move on, move on. He's vibrating really high energy and he's like, move along, move along. Get going, get going, even go date, have some fun. Like just because he decided to leave doesn't mean your life is over with and you need to stop treating it that way. So manage your mind, be loving and kind to yourself. Give it at least three months of consistently doing that. Just like if you're training a dog, it doesn't happen overnight. 
It does not happen overnight. It takes a while to reprogram them. It's going to take a little bit for you to reprogram yourself. And let's see how you're feeling before you make any permanent decisions. And you are capable of doing this. You're going to be so much happier. And then you could hear, see, or feel your very happy husband who's telling you to move on, which I agree with him. That's a great idea. Excellent. Okay. I'm going to go on to another caller. Hi, Marie. I just watched you on Next Level Soul podcast <laughs> with Alex, and I resonated with you. I, I just, I, you're amazing. Uh, your soul is just, blah, completely resonates with mine. Um, I'm just trying to raise my level of vibration because I, feel like I should be helping people. And that's been a message that's been coming into my mind for a long time, but I'm having a really hard time um, shutting my brain down. My mom died three years ago and it really, really um, hurt me deeply. Um, and I have not been able to center myself since then. And I really want to, because I feel as though time is running out for me and I need to help people. Um, anyway, I hope you can help because I really, really, really want to be of service. And I love that. It's one of my favorite things in the world, um, is to help people. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Mary, I'm so sorry. Your mom passed, you know, people leave their bodies. I think it's just critical that our whole population gets more comfortable with that idea and so that we can be a little bit more prepared for it. When my children were quite young, you know, babies even, I didn't know how long they were going to stay in their bodies. Even though I didn't know I was an intuitive at the time, I received lots of messages from the universe um, telling me that if my children do leave, it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with their soul and their own desire. And my only job is just to love them as long as they're here. Every kid who, uh, when they were ready to go out of college, when I would drop them off at their university, I would just ball all the way home, of course, first because I was going to miss them until I walked in the house and went, oh, this is kind of nice. <laughs> until the last kid left, that was a little bit harder being a, a full empty nester with no kids under underfoot. But I also cried because I was so grateful that they survived childhood because I really didn't have any expectation. I think that's important that we get rid of these expectations about how long people live, you know, and, and, and start to embrace and honor the choice when a soul decides to cross over. So I did cry tears of joy that my children survived their childhood. And I still hope that I pass before any of them. Um, but I don't know what's going to happen. And so in the meantime, we just love each other every single day and have fun together and um, appreciate and value one another. Luckily, you may, you know, you may not think this is lucky, but when our kids were young, there was a lot of death that occurred in our community that we were a part of, that my children are still strongly a part of, but I'm not any longer. And they, they went to funerals and, um, and helped participate in these rituals, which I think was really healthy for my kids. One of my daughters saw one of our departed friends when we were at his home shortly after his funeral. 
she saw him in the backyard, happy and waving at her. And I just think we need to bring death into the realm of life because it is a part of our life. Until the human race raises its consciousness, uh, people will die in the ways that they're dying. In other words, in order to leave a physical reality like Earth, your body has to stop acting so that your energy can leave. But if we become more aware and more conscious, and I believe honoring death and all of its processes is critical in that process, then we will just walk out of our bodies. We'll say, I love you, but I'm going to go next week. And our families will go, oh, we're going to miss you. And we'll communicate to you to the best of our ability. And I'm sorry you're leaving, but I love you. And then we would beam like, we would be more like a Tibetan monk and lower our blood pressure and our respiration so our energy could leave. But until that happens, you know, other things occur uh, so that our energy can escape. Well, I love that you recognize that your brain is too active. And I just want to say it is a choice. And following the recommendations of Buddhism uh, in terms of being present, like really, really being present, like right now I'm sitting in a chair in one of my offices, I'm feeling my glute muscles in the cushion. Uh, occasionally I put my hand on my teacup so I can feel whatever heat is left. I'm feeling my legs that are crossed, which my body does not like it. When I cross my legs, I'm going to uncross them right now. Um, I'm wiggling my toes and my slippers because I'm wearing slippers right now. It's about 10, 26 in the morning Pacific time. And uh, I'm, I'm active in my body. I'm feeling it. I'm a part of it. I'm connected with it. Now, this whole idea to be of service, which I appreciate and I value enormously, but believe it or not, people are best in their service when they're doing things that bring them joy. So that needs to be your focus, discovering what brings you joy. And this could take you a little while. And then you can be of incredible service. So the universe always tells me that people need to stop focusing on how to be helpful. How can I give? How can I help the world? Because that's more of a, oh, there's a problem and I got to fix it. Or that's more of a, an ache. You want to do something in the, in the world that, brings you incredible joy. So you need to be focused on the joy. And then whatever you do joyfully will be of amazing service. So what I've told people many times, I hope this doesn't turn anyone off. I'm finding better ways to describe it because I love what I do for work. But it wasn't my full intention to be helpful. I know that sounds weird. I have a Virgo moon. So of course, I like things to be authentic and accurate. That's incredibly important to me. But I love seeing energy. I love talking to dead people. I love seeing the internal processes of energy in people's bodies. That is what brings me joy. I apparently love to communicate about it and share and teach about it. But to have multisensory experiences, that's what brings me the most amount of joy. And because I followed that and had fun with it and I became playful with it, and I honored it, it delivered a career for me. So that's where I want your focus to be. Where's the joy? Jump into the pool of it because that's where everything is in the joy. And your brain doesn't understand it. Only your emotional body does. It's a feeling. Joy is a true feeling. It reminds me of like swinging on a swing set on a playground where your toes are reaching the heavens 
and then you're coming back and you're even thinking about jumping off, but it's too scary. <laughs> you know? That's what I want you to look for. I want to thank everybody for listening to the show. And of course, all of you who've called in because you found me through um, Alex Ferrari. He is a doll. I'm sure he's part of my soul pod. I'll talk about soul pods during the next podcast. Um, he's a wonderful, incredible uh, human being. And I'm so grateful for all the work he does in the world. And I thank all of you for finding me through him. Um, I'm sure I'll be back on his show sometime next year. In the meantime, have a beautiful day. Be happy and fall madly in love with you. Bye-bye.